Good morning or good afternoon, good evening, uh, whatever time you watch this video. My name is Martin L. Uh, I'm chief analyst of Czech Economic Daily Hospodářské I will provide an interview with Leana Fix, program director for international affairs at Gerber Stiftung for the Forum 2000 series uh, of dialogues about uh, the democracy, about, about the freedom and about the future as well. Uh, welcome, Leana, to our program. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. When do you think we will have a government and what kind of government uh, Germany will have? Well, there were a lot of jokes going around in Berlin and in Germany how long it will take to have a new chancellor and a new government in Germany, referring to the elections in 2017 that we had when it took months until a new government was decided and the former, now former chancellor Angela Merkel had to be a caretaker chancellor for quite some months. Now we have an interesting situation where we only have two options after um, the election night. We have the option of a Jamaica coalition and of a traffic light coalition. And interestingly, both candidates that might lead such a coalition have announced that they would like to do it differently than four years ago and much faster than four years ago. So for all international and European partners looking at Berlin and wondering when will we have um, German leadership back or at least someone in, at the helm of Germany? Hopefully it will take um, less time than in 2017 and hopefully well before Christmas, we will have a government. How this government will look like, that's a very difficult question at the moment. The only thing we can say for sure is that the Liberals and the Greens will be part of this government. Um, the two parties that are the middle size parties after the elections yesterday. But the question is, for which major party will they decide? Will they go for the Christian Democrats, which have lost quite um, quite some uh, quite some approval in the elections, or will they go for the Social Democrats? And that's what will decide the Jamaica or the traffic light outcome of elections. Um, of course, there are many questions in Central Europe around uh, the future government and the relations towards the Central Europe. You are specialized in the relations of the of the Germany uh, towards the East, uh, and we will not have a chancellor definitely, which has a, a kind of kind of personal touch with the with the East, as Angela Merkel uh, so far had. Uh, what the Central European countries like Czech Republic, Poland, Hungary, Slovakia can expect from the uh, any new government, any new chancellor? Will there be any kind of dramatic shift of the of the policies? Can we can we expect something like that? So we, if we look at the two parties that have been part of the coalition in the last four years, so the Christian Democrats and the Social um, Democrats, we can expect pretty much continuity because they have been in a ground coalition. Where we, we can see some new momentum, it will probably come from the Liberals and from the Greens. And I think the most interesting factor in this equation are certainly the Greens, because they have become popular also in the election campaign for standing up to human rights, for speaking out towards autocrats uh, around the world, for advocating for a stronger policy, a tougher stance towards both Russia and China. Um, this also refers to, to inner EU dealings. So to what extent can we accept democratic backsliding in um, within the European Union? I think we can 
expect the Greens to play a very outspoken role on these issues. So you think that, for example, Viktor Orban may have a harsher life with the new government? I think it will certainly, with the Greens, it will be more challenging than it has been in the past with a Grand Coalition and with the Christian Democratic Union, because this um, this approach of speaking out when it comes to human rights and values is something which is really at the core of the Green Party and of their politics. So this is not something which something that they will easily um, ignore that they will easily put aside even after coalition negotiations. And I think this will become uh, definitely an element in Germany's foreign policy in the future. And if we look farther eastwards, uh, which is Russia and China, uh, can we expect, because Germany has a kind of special relations with both of these countries, uh, with the Russia, especially through the, let's say, energy and, and the and the historical um, topics with China, uh, the Ger German economy, and as well Czech economy through the German one, uh, is tied to the to the to the Chinese Chinese economy. Do you expect that the, on one side these um, some, let's say limits will constrain the relationship and the role, for example, of the human rights in the future German foreign policy? As you mentioned, Greens might might be the ones who will raise the voice more loudly. Or do, can we expect kind of the similar policies uh, which were uh, which we've seen from from Berlin so far? Mm -hmm. This will be a litmus, really a litmus test for a new coalition. As I said, the Greens are more outspoken on these issues. But then again, when it comes to Russia and China their strong interests within the other parties, especially within the former Grand Coalition Party, the Christian Democrats and the Social Democrats. So there it will be not that easy for the human rights approach of the Greens to push the other parties very far because there are quite some economic interdependencies, especially when it comes to China. But also if we look at relations with Russia, the Green Party has always been, has always advocated against Nord Stream 2. Um, the question is what will happen if they become part of a government with two parties that supported Nord Stream 2? Will there be, how much political capital will they invest in changing the stance. And I think this is where it comes to China and Russia, it is even more difficult or a more complicated question than inner EU dealings, because the relationship with Russia and China just features so prominently in Germany's most important relationships. And especially when we look at Russia, there has always been um, this um, this approach of, on the one hand, standing up to Russia after 2014, um, facilitating common EU sanctions, but on the other hand, keeping dialogue channels open with Russia. And this, to some extent, ambiguous stance, both on Russia and on China, will be more difficult to pursue for the next German government than it has been in the past. I wonder, for example, what might be the reaction of the new government if it will be uh, like before Christmas, uh, for for, exa for example, on the on the new uh, energy crisis because there is a really looming gas crisis in the Europe, and and um, Germany is as well as Czech Republic dependent on the on the delivery of Russian gas delivered through the markets, so it's it's much more secure in some, in some other other countries. But uh, you know, on one hand, you know, to to show kind of a different approach 
to the Russia, but on the other hand, you know, to solve very practical, pragmatic issue of, you know, having enough gas uh, in um, uh, for for heating and, and, and the working of the factories. Uh, do you expect that, that uh, this will this can be already kind of you know hard test of the new government, or this will be still you know question of the old old one, or, and Angela Merkel will take part in, in that? This can absolutely become a question for the new government, um, and this will certainly be a very tough question because again it raises the point of how much dependency would you like to have from one country, in this case from Russia which has been the criticism from um, from all actors uh, who opposed Nord Stream 2, that it increases Europe's dependency on Russia and at the same time puts Ukraine at risk. So this will be definitely argued to be um, a confirmation for these concerns. But then on the other hand, there already is a strong dependency on Russian gas. At the moment, it is not so easy to increase supplies from Norway, for example. So on the other hand, it will be important to, uh, the government can certainly be expected to take diplomatic steps um, to um, undertake negotiations with Moscow to understand what this means and what could be possible way out of this of a potential crisis. And there, as always, the question is, what is the trade-off? So what would Moscow demand in such a situation? And um, how can a Berlin government make sure that it doesn't become hostage to, to Russian demands in a gas crisis? Uh, and then if we turn to the westwards, to over the ocean, to the United States, where uh, President Biden will host the first summit of democracy in, in December, uh, Uh, we don't know if the Chancellor Newton so will be already in, in the office, but what can be the kind of, a, if there will be a Chancellor, uh, kind of a message Germany will bring uh, to this to this summit of democracies because Germany is not considered to be superpower, it's a kind of shy superpower. I was recently talking with a couple of German generals uh, mm -hmm. that, that, who are co cooperating with the Czech soldiers. I was talking with one expert. Uh, who was saying, well, that Germany cannot be the, the superpower on its own. It will be kind of shielded by the EU. So what uh, can we expect uh, in, in these terms in the westwards and the relations with the EU, uh, with, the, uh, with the US? I think there are two tricky points when it comes to the summit of democracy. The first tricky point is that Germany's foreign policy has been very much focused on the concept of multilateralism. So with a broad coalition of willing partners to make progress on important issues like climate change. But the concept of multilateralism is not necessarily divided in democracies or autocracies. It can also include autocracies, for instance, including Russia and China in the fight against climate change. So I think this summit of democracy narrative is something which is not necessarily um, very deep in German foreign policy. Germany's sort of approach is rather we have to talk with everyone around the table to find solutions. Um, on the other hand, there's certainly a wish to support the United States in its attempt to basically um, uphold democratic governance around the world and to stand up to, to China. So there was this small line that Berlin will have to walk between making sure that it is on the right side of a global competition between democracies and autocracies, 
but on the other hand, not becoming exclusive, too exclusive when it comes to addressing joint challenges like climate change. And again, um, being staunchly tra transatlantic in its approach because Biden is president that um, everyone has wished for just two or three years ago or has dreamed of just two or three years ago. So there's uh, little room to, um, to, to offend Washington uh, in its plans. I cannot resist the question you know, after the AUKUS uh, alliance in the Indo-Pacific and after the kind of chaotic withdrawal from Kabul, can we Europeans trust Americans as, a, as allies? That's a very good question. Um, I think Germany and Berlin has been relatively, um, let's say, reluctant in taking a very strong stance on this issue. So I'm pretty sure our friends in Paris would have wished for a stronger German reaction um, on AUKUS, for example. Um, the Afghanistan case really in Berlin um, has, I mean, it has not only embarrassed Berlin, but it has embarrassed all actors that were on site. Um, and the way it has been conducted by the US side and the sort of short period that there was to inform your partners and to have your partners prepared, that was also regarded very critically how that was handled by the United States. At the same time, I think this, these two issues are not something that should lead us to put into question the whole transatlantic alliance. I mean, these are certainly controversial decisions by the United States, but if we take a realistic look at where we stand, we still have a US government, which is led by a transatlantic president, which we didn't have for four years under President Trump, a transatlantic president who wants Europe to take more responsibility, but who still believes in NATO, who believes in the alliance and who believes in his allies, so I think it's perceived as controversial in Berlin. It is problematic, these, decision, these decisions. But to put into question the whole alliance certainly means to throw out the, the baby with the bath, bath water, as you would say. So um, that's at least from mine, also from Berlin's perspective, I would guess one step too far. So would you support uh, this French notion of the strategic autonomy or would the new, new German government have a kind of more, uh, let's say, a friendly approach to this, uh, I would call it French, French concept of the strategic autonomy of the EU? Mm -hmm. it, this has been a problem in, in the last years of Merkel and with President Macron that this visionary approach from the French side doesn't match the very pragmatic and practical approach from the German side. So while the French were very keen to develop big visions and sort of um, big ideas one could walk, walk towards, Berlin was always trying to make small steps and to make sort of small but practical steps towards cooperation. And I think this was really the problem in the whole debate about strategic autonomy, where Paris and Berlin in principle wanted the same. They want Europe to take on more uh, responsibility also when it comes to security policy. But the approach how to get there with big visions of European strategic autonomy, which from a Berlin perspective are unlikely and unrealistic to become true anytime soon, or with sort of small pragmatic and practical steps. So rather 
over deliver and under promise or over promise and under deliver. I think that's sort of the 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 tension that we had between Paris and Berlin on the question of strategic autonomy. Definitely, we will have uh, things to look for uh, for look forward in in the, in the upcoming months and, and years. Thank you. That was Leana Fix, Program Director for International Affairs at Gerber Stiftung. Thank you for your time and for window into the future of the German politics and German international affairs. Thank you so much for your time and the conversation.